All right, Jess, let's uh, go ahead and do it. This is so weird. This is very video weird. It's very, it's weird video vampires. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, technical difficulty epidemic <laughs> video vampires. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I'm excited. I can't wait. I know. It's sad because usually, you know, when we do this, the whole point is we watch the movie together and then we record because everything's fresh and, you know, we're bouncing off like ideas and funny comments off each other. And then mm. like now it's like totally separate and we're both calling in from our quarantine places and um it's funny i i had um someone ask me you know about it like hey are you guys gonna be doing video vampires and i was like fuck yeah we are like what else can we do yeah <laughs> besides you know this i guess so welcome to our show <laughs> yeah welcome to our our weird episode and uh hey before we go any further by the time this episode comes out to, you know which will be tomorrow it'll be your birthday so hey um, for your birthday, I brought you a, a you know life threatening pandemic. Happy yeah. birthday! <laughs> it's really just what I asked for, but you know, you know what they say is uh, be careful what you yeah. wish for. No traffic in LA, but you can't go anywhere. Well, that's <laughs> you know what? it's funny because I was saying this to our buddy Diego, where I was like, you know, we we've been you know we've been all been keeping in touch and everything, and and uh, I just said to him, I was like, I was just so mad at myself. I was like, look, next time I say I want to be in a horror movie, I need to be more like subgenre specific and be like. Okay, I want to be in a slasher film because that I can handle, but like yeah. you know, a weird epidemic, I can't just I can't deal with. So no, it's um, much more dangerous and hard to fight. Yeah. Um, but I've been, you know, and I'm sure everything you watched is probably the same. But I've been like diving into like comfort movies, you know, <laughs> yeah. movies that I know I love, movies that make me happy in weird ways, and then I've just been trying to watch new movies that I've like missed. So I've watched. Um, more recently, the two comfort movies I've watched for me are To Die For, uh, which was 1995. Nicole Kidman? It's, yes. Yeah. Gus Van Sant, um, who also did the Psycho remake. Um, Good Will Hunting. Uh, Drugstore Cowboy, Idaho. My Own Private Idaho. Those are his yeah. best movies. Yeah, go ahead. I know. Well, Good Will Hunting won a bunch of awards. Didn't it win Best mm. Picture or something like that? No, it did not. Robin Titanic Williams. did that year. Okay. Uh, well, To Die For is really great, and yeah. it's, it's funny how much of a 60s style they have, like, a, you know, that, like, modern 90s, but 60s style they have in Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Um, it's very great. I love it. You, you know, you get introduced to Joaquin Phoenix. Um, he's, like, this young punk, like, greasy metalhead dude, and it's based off a real story. Um, you know, it was about a teacher who had sex with a student, and then the student killed her husband, and uh, she's still in jail. I believe there's, like, a bunch of you know, 2020 or, or like weird ID episodes on her. I'm pretty sure there was one on Hulu. Um, and so it's great. I fucking love it. Um, there is a cool nail bomb song in it. Joaquin Phoenix is great. Nicole Kidman is great. Also, I pointed out to my friend, um, this, we're in the nineties, we're in 95, but you can still see everyone's real teeth. <laughs> so I, I brought it up to her. I was like, Oh, look at Nicole Kidman real teeth there you know like it's before she made the changeover to to like everyone else in hollywood um and she was like holy shit dude i can't unsee it now all i see is her teeth and i was like i told you it's gonna ruin it for everything everything you see now is gonna be old teeth but it's a comfort movie of mine and then another one is death becomes her um which is robert zemankis um it's one of the best weird kind of queer horror comedies. Oh, yeah. Um, every, everyone is great. Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep are on point. Bruce Willis is fucking hilarious. He is. Um, Isabella Rossellini's in it. Yeah. Um, it's very clever. It's very funny. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, 
I put it on my top 10 right now for sure. <laughs> uh, and then I watched um, this movie called Vivarium, which is really weird. Okay. Uh, it's with Jesse Eisenberg and Imogene Poots. Poots, yeah. Um, directed by a guy named Warkan Finnegan. Yep, that's um, the name. It's really strange. It's about this couple looking for a house, and they get stuck in this like weird suburban labyrinth, and they can't get out. It, it's very long, and sometimes it drags on, but I still, I still really liked it. Hmm. Um, and it has like a really weird ending that really doesn't go anywhere, but all of it, I, I still really liked. And then it ends on one of my favorite ecstasy songs. Um, it's probably the best use of that song I've ever seen. So I, I kind of liked it. Um, it's slow, so for people who don't like stuff like that, then don't watch it. But people who like weird shit, um, definitely check it out. And then I finally saw VFW. Oh, yeah? How was that? Uh, which came out last year. You didn't see it? No, I have not yet. It it has a great cast. I mean, William yeah. Sandler, um, Fred Williamson. Martin Stephen Cole. Lang. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, David Patrick Kelly. Like, all your greats from, like the early 90s yeah um and and previous yeah. uh so it's cool it's got a cool cast it is really gory and violent the um music is really cool um it's just a great gory film if you feel like going straight into escapism like definitely watch this movie and you'll be transferred into this like weird old guy uh vfw veteran shootout <laughs> it's cool i'm interested I, yeah the guy who directed that directed a movie called almost human which i saw years and years ago and i wasn't a huge fan of it but i was a huge fan of what he was trying it was like more of like hey he hasn't gotten to this he, there there's something missing and it's gonna like i i feel like he's getting there but like i don't know but i just it's not there yet that's how i feel about almost human where it's like i get where he's going but I'm just not entirely on board yet. But I heard VFW is really good, and so I'm like, I think maybe he finally got to a point where I that I would want to jump in and check out, you know. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious, you know, they're saying like, hey, uh, old people <laughs> aren't yeah. worthless, old veterans aren't worthless, but like also, you know, you have these like great um, actors um, in this movie. It's it's really enjoyable. It's super fun. Yeah. So that's kind of besides like never-ending tv because i think um i had mentioned a few times you know i got laid off just like yeah, most of the world right now millions of americans yeah so i've just been watching shit you know i've been watching re-watching breaking bad um and then you know i'm watching devs in westworld which i'll talk about um a little bit later but devs is fucking great and tiger king and Tiger King. Devs is great. It's probably the greatest thing out right now. I want everyone to watch it. I'm obsessed with it. I feel I feel like Alex Garland is on some like Kubrick bubble shit. Like for real. Like this past episode, episode five was just like magnificent. It really was. I loved it. And so there's only a few more episodes. I hope it carries through. And then Westworld is also in this. So the things I want to bring up with Devs and Westworld is about like data manipulation and predictive algorithms which i really think is cool but not everyone does but that type of um sci-fi is really horrific to me and i put both of them as like horror right now because that shit really terrifies me Mm -hmm. i'm scared to death of it and i think both of those storylines are really cool so if you guys are watching um hit me up about it because i love talking about both of them all right um yeah i mean about you uh, well, I was gonna say real quickly is Alex Garland. I you know it's funny that like I he's now completely like a screenwriter slash director or whatever because like I remember when his first book came out and I remember getting it 
I remember I was living in Boston. I was going on a train ride, and I bought it. Like, I was going on a train ride to, I think, Philly, and I bought um, I bought a copy of his book. It was called The Beach, and I loved it. And it oh, was, yeah. Like, and it was amazing. And then the movie came out, and I was super pumped for the movie because it was, like, the guys who did train spotting, and the movie was terrible. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And then he had 20 Days Later, which I saw that opening weekend. Before they, re- they released it, like, they had the big release where they added the ending. I went to, like, a li- when they had the limited release weekend, and I was like, holy shit, this movie's amazing. And then that was the last thing I ever really checked out of Alex Garland. I just think it's funny because, like, I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, he's not an author anymore. He's, like, a fucking film dude. He's, like, he yeah. he makes films, he makes shows, you know? He's directing stuff. Like, what was that movie he did, uh, Ex Machina, that you yeah, liked? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You haven't watched it? No. Dude, what? In Annihilation? Um, it's weird because it's not outwardly terrifying. Obviously, it's a lot of science fiction, but there are some really fucking scary moments in both. Um, I can't even describe how terrifying the bear scream scene is in Annihilation. It's so disturbing. And then also, uh, Ex Machina is, is really great. It's a, it's like one of the best science fiction movies that came, that has come out in a long time. I, if you're bored, I think both of them are on like Hulu. Right? Hulu's got some jams right now. Um, yeah. But I think Hulu has both of them, and they're easily accessible. So I would I would look them up um, if you're looking for something other to terrify something <laughs> other to terrify you than the pandemic. Well, it's you know it's like what I've been trying to do. Like I mean, I'm tr- I have these little projects that I'm like trying to like work on, so I don't go completely crazy. I'm still working, um, thankfully, at, you know, from home. But it's like I work, I get up, I roll out of bed, I go to my like the end of my bed where the, like, my desk is. And I work, and then for all day, and then when I'm done work, when I'm done work, I'm still at my, you know, there's no, I go for walks, but I don't really, whatever, so I'm trying to, like, have these projects, so my wife and I are doing, um, every Friday we're bringing the projector screen down, and we're, you know, I'm screening a movie, and I'll, I'll so, like, last week we did, um, The Evil Dead, the original one, and yeah. I, I compiled, like, I made a DVD of, like, a bunch of, like, random clips from, like, Either like Sam Raimi trailers from like before, like up to Army of Darkness. Um, weird, like he directed the video for Iggy Pop's Cold Metal, which is like one of my favorite songs anyway. But I, I had that video in there, and then like I grabbed some stuff from like you know Detroit because they're from Detroit. I grabbed some like Detroit local like horror movie hosts from Detroit doing like you know something. I just basically made like a kind of like a montage of different clips, and um, we watched Evil Dead. We watched that, and then we watched Evil Dead, and uh, this Friday we're gonna be watching. Um, Nomads, which I recommend. It's a 1986 movie. It was directed. Yeah. It was directed by uh, the guy who did Die Hard, John McTiernan, the guy did Predator and Die Hard. But it's this weird, really weird esoteric horror movie with Pierce Brosnan and the worst French accent I've ever heard in my life. But it's a really, it's this really cool. Like, it's a movie that like you really don't. I mean, the plot's pretty simple, but you're really in it for the weird atmosphere. And it's like it's it's really interesting because it makes L.A. very creepy. Like it's when you watch it, you're yeah. like, oh, these are all familiar LA landmarks or or feel. But it's it's also just has this weird thing where it's like, oh man, I didn't realize how creepy this fucking city could be. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, and I think that's streaming somewhere. But we're gonna watch that, and then uh, we watch whatever happened to Baby Jane. Speaking of people isolated in a house, because um, I I I own that, but my wife had never seen it all the way through, and she really wanted to watch it. So I was like, yeah, this is great. And then um, we watched. Um, I think actually, yeah, um, what else? I watched a movie, a, a 1980-something, 87, 88 slasher film called The Edge of the Axe, which is this little fun, it's a movie that was made, I think, made in Big Bear, 
by these Spanish uh, directors and, and film like filmmakers, both an American cast, and it's so fucking weird and bizarre. And it was like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's it was one. It was part of that Arrow sale, and I was like, oh, I, I gotta check this movie out because I've seen the box cover. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw Society. I forgot about you. You had mentioned last episode about the Arrow sale. Yeah. So I got a bunch of movies, but I did watch Society. Had you ever seen it before? Because I know, I know no. you. Oh my god. I had it was one of those movies that I had seen shots from beforehand, right. obviously, just because of how ridiculous it is. I think I might have talked about it last episode, but yeah. um, Society was on one of those Arrow video yeah. uh, lists, and I got it. You know, I bought it for like two ninety nine, and I I watched it, and I was like, "How the fuck do I feel about this um, <laughs> right now?" I it's I think it's I think it's amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing movie. Um, I think it's I think it's a pretty decent movie. Like going, it's like a pretty good like oh, this is a paranoid kid running around. Like there's a weird conspiracy going on, but the ending is so defies explanation, and it kind of totally makes up for whatever any flaws that that movie has building up to the ending. The ending completely fucking like washes it's- it away. Yeah, every every bit of cheesiness has actually all of a sudden become good in the last ten minutes yeah. of the movie. Um, it's going to be weird. I, I'm really curious to see because I'm not sure if we've discussed this yet or not. But um, I heard that you know Sony and Disney and, and Universal they're all looking to release their major releases on streaming. Um, I heard Black Widow might get released to streaming, obviously because they don't want to push back the date so much. Um, the release so it's gonna be really interesting another month to see like what gets released um well some stuff started getting pushed back to 2021 well some stuff did but i guess i guess like black widow is already was already set to go it had originally an april release so since that's done i think they were gonna think about releasing it to streaming which i don't know if that meant like on disney plus only or like what's gonna happen or if it's gonna be you know the 20 dollar rent movie um or or what's gonna happen in the future for that stuff it's gonna be really strange but 2020 seems like it sucks so far yeah speaking for for releases but killing eve which um is another comfort watching i've probably watched fleabag about a hundred times over and over and over again it's the only thing that makes me happy Phoebe Waller-Bridge is a genius, but Killing Eve, which is this great, weird, like, spy thriller, like, serial killer, um, black comedy, yeah. is, uh, is written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and it's actually coming back early, it's coming back April 12th, so it's like a gift to myself. Well, you know, speaking of 2020 sucking, and, um, and speaking of society, because society was directed by Brian Usna, who, uh, who produced um, Reanimator? Uh, Stuart Gordon passed away oh, a few yeah, days we ago. Yeah, we talk about that. Yeah, it happened within the last few weeks, and uh, we had done um, From Beyond, and and uh, we talked about. It, yeah, it was it was kind of shitty because I think like when he had died, I was like full anxiety about the pandemic. Like I was like rolling into it, and like I wanted to make a more personal post about it mm-hmm. um, on our Instagram. But like, man, sometimes you like. Hit after hit, you're just like, I can't, yeah. I don't want to, you know? Yeah. We got knocked out. It was, it was, we got hit pretty hard, you know, and it was really sucked. And, like, um, and, and, you know, yeah, we, we, we watched From Beyond and we've referenced other stuff that he's done, you know what I mean? I think one of the reasons why we wanted to kind of steer away from Reanimator is because I feel like it's been talked about so much. It's like, are, no matter how wonderful we are, are we going to add anything new to the discussion about Reanimator other than, yeah, it's a fucking classic. You should check it out. But, I mean, he did such, such great stuff. Like, he did Dolls, which is such a weird and fun, like, w- movie. Um, you know, from it beyond. Me. 
Yeah. There's, like, few things that scared me as a kid, like, seeing them through kids' eyes and dolls fucking terrified me. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know, it's really, it's a real bummer. And, like, I just, you know, and that, that documentary, that four-and-a-half-hour documentary In Search of Darkness, he's interviewed a lot in that. And it's, like, he, you know, I mean, he was old, but he, like, he wouldn't have thought it, you know? And it's just, like. Yeah, but he was, like, 70s, like, yeah. you know. Hey, at this point, that's pretty. That's pretty good considering the mortality rate. And like, you know, <laughs> um, uh, fuck, I know. But, but yeah, so <laughs> anything else? Any other? Um, uh, you know, no, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, you know, we we've been watching TV. We watched Tiger King, which I again, I one of those things where it's like, do I really gonna add anything to that discussion? Yeah, everybody on that show fucking like it was a great show. Everybody on that show is garbage, and they're yeah, terrible man, people. All you, like, Joe Exotic people can fuck off too because yeah. they're both terrible humans. Like the whole thing that I gained from this is like, there's a whole lot of weird, terrible. These people definitely have fantasies about fucking big cats. Like they're <laughs> like weird. These people are weird. I don't like it. Yeah, you don't hold an animal like that in captivity. You're not doing anything. Well, no, and it's funny because I'm not. And this isn't a spoiler or anything that you know. I mean, but like. He even says the you know at one point where he's telling that story about the two monkeys that he had in like separate cages and then when the when they were taken away from him and they were brought into like a, you know uh, like our sanctuary or whatever the first thing they did was ran to each other and started hugging and he was like I denied them of that for ten years and it's like yeah you're a piece of shit you know like yeah, like yeah. you really are like and and so I yeah I agree with you like I loved Tiger King but at the same time now I'm starting to get really annoyed by all the fucking like. Let's, like, you know, let's, you know, like, all the free Joe or, like, and, yeah, of course she fucking killed her husband, but he's also a dirtbag. It's, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, all the funny, like, they they make me laugh for a second, but then I'm, like, man, th- people actually believe this guy is a fucking, you know, a good dude. And it's, like, and people wonder why we have the fucking president we have, and it's because no, people aren't, like, judging anything by character anymore. Well, they are judging it by if you are a character, not if you have character, and, you know, it's just like, yeah, this is, it doesn't matter, left or right. You know, we all fucking like, oh my god, this guy's such a train wreck, he's awesome. And it's like, no, he's not. He's a douchebag, you know, and yeah. and, and yeah. fuck that. And, um, so, yeah, I think he's an anti-hero, but he's not. Yeah, he's really not. And, like, so we watched jo- uh, Tiger King, which, you know, at first it's really funny, and then it gets really depressing and dark, and then really sad um, all around. Although I do have to admit, there is a part in that movie where Joe Exotic refers to a one of the people in the move in the show, and I don't want to give anything away, but he refers to the person as a walking Chucky doll, and I nearly, <laughs> I nearly had a fucking, I, I almost, I was on the floor laughing. I was like, that is the best insult I've ever heard in my life is, uh, is to refer to somebody as a walking Chucky doll, and then when the next time they cut to him, I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, it's so true. So it's definitely worth checking out, but don't be, you know. Come on, guys. Like, yeah, use your brain. I know it's like Harambee type of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I guess we're at the most ridiculous part in our time period, you know? So, I, yeah. I don't know. But uh, uh, it, speaking of a comfort movie, my oh, pick, my birthday oh, pick man. for tomorrow was... Yeah. And I've backed this before. Yeah. I've backed this movie before. It's Ghost Ship. Not, it's not the 1950s Ghost Ship. No, this is the 2002 ghost ship (laughs) and it is just so ridiculous it's like so good i love it so much wow um i do it's it was done by steve beck who only did this movie and the other 13 ghost movie which also came around around the same time which is also like that special type of trash that is like so bad that i i really like it um 
so Mickey, what you have you never watched? I've never, I've never seen it before. And um, oh my god, I'm very, I'm very thrilled and, to and, hear what well, you think. It's, it's, so it's like you know, yeah, it's your birthday, so I was like, okay, of course we'll watch it. You know, I was like, could it be worse than Event Horizon? Could anything be worse than Event Horizon for me? And oh my god, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I will say this, I actually prefer Event Horizon, but um, but but let me let me get into this then. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, maybe explain the synopsis for, uh, oh, yeah. for so, well, our listeners. The interesting thing, and the reason why I was a little bit more intrigued about this one than I had previously been was because it was, you know, you're right, it was produced by Zemeckis, Joel Silver, and uh, Gil yeah. Adler. And it was under the banner of the Dark Castle Films, which is like the, the production company they, ha- they originally created to make remakes of William Castle films. House and Haunted Hill 13 goes, this is the first one that wasn't a remake. This was like a, an original film. But um, I, I actually really dug the House on Haunted Hill remake. I was, like, really pleasantly surprised when we watched it together. So, um, I do, too. And, I do, too. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm, like, I'm giving this, you know, my, you know whatever. So, um, it's, so it starts off. And actually, the intro is really good. I, I will give you that. The intro is, like, we're on a ship. There's all these there's people. They're dancing. They're partaking in dancing. There's a singer. There's all sorts of whatever. And then something happens where... I was like, holy shit, did everybody just get sliced in half? And they did. And it was really fucking rad. Um, yeah. Great intro. Cool opening. And then you get like, and then we cut to like, year, you know, the present where it's like this team of salvagers led by Gabriel Byrne are going to like, they, they, they're celebrating a job well done on some other rig that they, uh, or some other thing that they salvage. And, and this dude is like, hey, I found this, this ship, like, you know, off the, the, the wherever, um, and you want to go check it out? It doesn't look like it. And they're like, yeah, it might be, there might be money involved. And of course, like, and so it's like, it's kind of like a heist movie, but not a heist movie because there's nobody they're really stealing from, except for the fact that at any minute during this movie, I expected someone to say, you know, use the phrase, it's like a ghost ship. Because I was like, this is, <laughs> if any movie is going to use its title as a, as a line of dialogue, it's this fucking movie. Um, and then it just, you know, there's moments where I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm kind of on board. And then it just lost me. Like, let me put it this way, because my wife kept coming in and out while I was watching it. And, and I was just like, you know, somewhere in this movie, there's a really good movie. But here's a few problems I had. So anyway, so of course, when, they, when, they're, going to, when they're salvaging this, this giant fucking Titanic-like ship, they find a bunch of gold. And they're all like, should we keep the gold? Should we leave? And of course, everybody except for... Uh, Juliana Margalis is like, fuck yeah, let's take the gold. And then everybody, you know, of course, gets their just desserts in some way or form. Um, the deaths are not impressive, by the way. They, they, they really, they shot their wad on that first, the opening scene. Would you not agree? I mean, but it was a good opening. Like, it's no a matter really good what, opening. you can't say that it, it wasn't good. 100%. I mean, some of it was creepy, but they, yeah, they kind of like, cheapened the death but it was like a lot of explosions yeah which it, it makes it more of an action it's like weird Poseidon adventure-ish yeah sort of, yeah I agree with that than, but like mixed with ghost horror it's very strange but I think I was like I mean it's like the problem I have with certain movies and, and, and okay it's like is that like with like especially like this in this time period is that everything was way too lit you know? Yeah, it's very bright. It's very bright, and it's like, I want there to be shadows. I want there to be mystery. I, You know what? I mean, I, I, it's weird because, like, I was watching this. My wife and I are watching it. We're just, like, they're, you know, we're like, they're, they're showing the cast, and I'm like, you know, and I'll kind of go through the cast for you. Gabriel Byrne, you know, who's not immune to doing bad films, but, you know, it's still fucking Gabriel Byrne. He's awesome. Um, Juliana Margolis. Yeah, Julia, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's great. Ron Eldred, who I my wife could be like, no, that's the guy from Reservoir Dogs. That's Tim Roth. And I was like, no. I kind of love him. He's awesome. I love him. He's, he's, I mean, what I was saying, by the time I got to, you know, we're going to listing all the people, Emily Browning, who's in American Gods and all that, is the little girl. Oh, uh, Julia Margolis is being like, she keeps seeing the ghost of a little girl and she doesn't really tell anybody about it until like the third or fourth time she's seen her. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I would be saying that the first, the minute it was happening, I'd be like, yo, ghost girl's right in front of me. Somebody come quick. You know, like I would pretty. Uh- but that's, I, I, I know, Isaiah Washington's character. Isaiah Washington. In the first scene, remember, he's just like, I heard some woman's voice, I swear to God. And they all kind of make fun of him. So yeah. like, she's kind of like, oh, well, I'm not going to mention my ghost girl because... I don't want them to make fun of me. Uh, fuck all those guys. No one's going to believe oh, Okay, me. here's the part that blew me away. One of the other cast members, uh, Carl, Carl fucking Urban. Urban. Yeah, yeah. Carl fucking Urban. Um, like, long hair, he has this weird American accent, it's good. Yeah, and here's the thing is, I will not say that, that, you know, that anybody in this movie does a bad job. They all do great, you know? Like, everybody is, everybody is as good as you expected them to be, you know? But I was, like, I was I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about, and it's, like, hard, because I don't want to draw comparisons, but um, they were, you know, same production banner and same feel to it. But the House on Haunted Hill remake also had a fucking great cast, you know? And, yeah. um... So I think that I, I think they were trying to recapture what made House on Haunted Hill remake work, but it just it didn't it felt a little. I mean, House on Haunted Hill has got some problems too, like the whole CGI ending. I have a huge problem with, but everything leading up to it, like especially, I can't fucking believe I'm gonna say this about House on Haunted Hill, but Chris Kattan is fucking great. Yeah, it's you know? good. Yeah, it I is think good. It's a lot of shit because it's, that whole time period of late '90s, early 2000s is like real bad, but like really good. Yeah. Okay. I, w- I want to go to bat for that time period because this shit is like really enjoyable. Well, then you might enjoy this. My wife was saying to me because I was just like, I was like, God, I was like, there was somebody like, uh, there was a part when like, you know, there's a great montage sequence. Well, not a great montage. But there's oh, a montage yeah, sequence. the past montage where they go into 1962 where the ship was yeah. um, and, originated. It's beautiful. And what's playing? What song is playing in the soundtrack? What? I don't know. It's like this weird, like, kind of like, it, it's a very very 2002 song playing while like you know we're getting this montage and i was just like and you know i was just like oh i kept like gagging and my my wife was like how is this any different than any of the movies you love from like the 80s and i was like yeah and i was like that's a good point i can't argue i think the yeah i really i I, it was hard for me to to argue because like yeah i guess that like i what i find charming in movies is is that whereas like for some people it's gonna be like hey this is a reflection of I think it's just my whole thing is I hated the early 2000s. I hated the late 90s, early 2000s so much that anything that's kind of like this encapsulates that time period, I'm like, gross. But I will say one more thing. And I can't help but not mention it. I don't, and I, got, I don't, I feel like anybody who's already seen this movie is going to fucking see it, who's already seen it. So um, Desmond Harrington is, um, it, does he ever fucking play anybody that's not that is trustworthy from the get-go because the moment he was on camera I go I go oh he's gonna be the bad guy and I was right because I was like the, I know because his face the, now it's ingrained in you though. the guy can't fucking play anything that doesn't he's a, just a dead giveaway you know and like he I mean I think the closest character that I ever saw where I was like I didn't immediately feel threatened by him as like oh he's gonna turn on everybody was Neon Demon because he has no there's nothing his character could have done to turn on anybody <laughs> whereas this guy I was like every time he makes a face every time he would say every time he'd read dialogue like he'd say dialogue I was like 
this guy's the, am I the only one who believes this guy's the bad guy? And it's like, of course, guess what, guys? He is the fucking bad guy. And like, is he the devil? Is he, what is he? Is he just some dude who's just, you know, working for the afterlife? I don't know. But, yeah, um, it's like, it's, I think the first few times I watched it, I was like, what the fuck is this movie about? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of confusing because, like you said, it is kind of a heist, but there's like this weird ghost story. And it's like, what the, is he just collecting? So, like, he's just luring weird people to his ship out in the middle of nowhere. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it, it's, it's kind of strange, but, um, yeah, I love it. I love the cast. I love how cheesy the explosions are too. Yep. Also, in two thousand, in early two thousands, like it was weird. Like new metal was really popular, so <laughs> like you see a lot of these weird movies with like interjections of that. Like Mudvayne is playing yep. twice during the movie for no reason, um, which I think is great. Um, who put that in there? I don't know, but I love it. Um, and I, I can't help but like it. I just really can't. I watched the whole thing. No phone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing is that I, I you know, I, I don't like, I hated New Metal when it came I hate New Metal now, but it's like, here's the thing is I can understand why people would be like, no way, man, that fucking soundtrack fucking shreds. Because that's exactly how I feel about Dokken in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, where I'm like, fuck yeah, Dokken, but it's like, yeah, but most people are like, fuck that band. You know what I mean? Like, I get <laughs> yeah. it. I get, I, I get that this is, I know this wasn't your intention, but I get that this is like, oh, this is what it's like to watch something that I'm like, you guys, we're going to watch this movie because I, I get it, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There, there, look, look, I'm not going to lie. There is moment. There's moments in this movie that have a lot of promise. And I'm, I would, you know, it's funny cause I was reading up on this movie and the, the original screenplay was more of like a psychological thriller with no like real effects. And that to me sounded really cool. Like the, the original screenplay that got completely dismantled and, and rewritten was like these guys, these, these people go find like a fucking ship. And, um, and they get like, it's kind of like, I, I don't know. I imagine from the description, it was like kind of like the session nine of like, you know, and that to me was way more interesting. Whereas this one feels more of like, it's trying to appeal to as many people on a Friday night as possible, which I guess every horror movie should do. But there's definitely a, like a, it, it, it felt like it was trying to appeal to like the, 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 the larger demographic without understanding that demographic at all. It's like, well, let's put this song in there and let's, let's make, no, no, man, it's too, it's too dark. Let's, let's brighten it up, man. We got, we got, we got everybody to see how much work we're putting into, how much money we're spending on this. And it's like, dude, you, you dim the lights a little bit. You keep the cast. The cast is fantastic, except for the fucking dude who looks like he's the bad guy in every fucking thing that he's the bad guy in. <laughs> and you got yourself a nice little, like, you know, but that, that intro was, so, I liked the, the Warner Brothers logo coming up. I liked, you know, I liked the, the weird, soft, hazy hues of it. I loved... I liked the whole beginning. The whole beginning, I was like, this is a very... I may be completely wrong about this movie. And I was, like, pretty impressed. And then I just... I kind of... The movie kind of... um, I don't know. And I, and like I said, the, the, the reason why I was so like, all right, let's do this, was because House on Haunted Hill was... So, I had never seen that because... It's great. Right. And I had gone into that thinking exactly how I thought what I thought Ghost Ship was going to be. I was like, oh, man, it's from the fucking, what, 1999. It's that time period where I couldn't stand movies... And we watched it, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, again, I'm not a big fan of the ending. It's a little too CGI, but I fucking love everything leading up to it. I was like, this is a really solid, fun movie, and I think they really do feel like they were trying to recapture that magic without... Yeah. Whereas, like, um, you know, with the thing with House on the Hill is that it was directed by William Malone, 
who was a horror fan. He was a horror guy, you know, where it's like, I know this guy directed 13 Ghosts, but what else did he do before? Did this guy even like horror movies or did he just stumble into it? It's like, no, no, this is how, you know, I'm just going to watch a, watch a few horror movies and learn from that. And it's like, I, it just, it didn't feel like it should have been scary. And all the jump scares the, that are, you know, in the movie, like, it could have been better. You know, they could have been... Yeah, it doesn't feel as scary um, than it does more, like, adventure Yes. Yes. I agree with um, that. But it's still, like, a fun watch. Like, if you've exhausted TV like I have, <laughs> and you're just like, you know what? I need something mindless and kind of silly and, like, easy to, like, swallow... Ghost ship is it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how, like, again, that's how I feel about, like, I don't know, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, or, like, you know... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's really... It, it's the time periods that we, we cling to, for you know, nostalgic-wise, you know, and that we, like... You can really tell in the movies that we watch, you know what I mean? Like, for you, like, you know, you... I, I, I think that you... The way you feel about the, that time period, like, the 90s and, and that, is, like, how I felt about, like, you know, a lot of, like, the 80s stuff that we watch, where I'm just like, man, I know this isn't great... But I can't help but love it, you know? And it's like, yeah. it's, and so I, I think that that's, that's, hey, you know what? That's fucking rad, you know? Like, so who gives a shit if, like, if I don't like it? Because, you know, it's, it's the, I don't know. I do, I will say this. It made me go, man, Event Horizon. Because I was like, what else? What did we watch for Jess's birthday last year? Oh, yeah, Event Horizon. Man, because Event Horizon, like, you know, that one's got some moments where I'm like, okay, this is such a good movie here. And then there's moments where I'm like, oh, it's the guy who directed Resident Evil movies. Um, yeah, I also, that first Resident Evil movie is scary, man. All right. I swear, I think you should give it a rewatch. All right. I think you should. Um, also, it, we should have covered it when we talk about creepy children, but Resident Evil, give it a rewatch. I think that's everyone's mission. Anyone who listens to this, watch, rewatch Resident Evil and we'll talk about it. <laughs> all right yeah um well, well maybe not a feature but like yeah. we'll we'll talk about watching resident evil it'll be like a homework homework assignment yeah yeah it's funny because like i kind of want to re- oh, you know what i i rewatched is silent hill that's what it was oh yeah i really like it that scene at the end where that dude tears off her skin is like really gruesome still it still looks really good and the nurses without the face and they move all like Ugh, it's still really scary that's another one I'm not gonna lie. I um uh, I never saw it because I liked the first video game, but I had this huge problem with video movies made on. I mean, if you look at the the history of like movies that were made like video game adaptations, there's very few that are really solid. Um, I'm telling you, if but you didn't even see it, so how can you're you right. Say I'm, I'm saying I'm saying I'm like, explaining you why I didn't see it. Is that that's why I didn't want to see it? Because like, oh man, like, am I the only one who remembers? You know. Street Fighter the movie, which in hindsight has some has some great moments. Uh, um, uh, yeah, that's I feel like different because we're talking. I mean, it's pretty good though. I'd probably rewatch that right now. But like Resident Evil and um, Silent Hill are both early two thousand movies, and I know you were hating on that time period, but I think a revisit now might be better because I swear to God, Resident Evil is a is a pretty solid movie. All right, all right, I will. Um, Silent Hill is, is scary. Like you, that scene at the end is like gross, and like the hospital, like rundown hospital, looks creepy. Like if you ever were a kid and you went inside one, like I did, yeah. Um, you know, you know what they look like, and it has that like creepy feel, but it also feels like you're a video game. It's very surreal. But like, yeah, I swear to God, I think during this time period, everyone should revisit the early two thousands and see how silly but really good everything is. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some some stuff in there that, uh, but I don't know. I, uh, I, I, like I said, I will, I will tell people to watch Ghost Ship because there are some moments that I think are so solid that I feel like if you were going to like, if you were going to like take, you were going to like make a movie entirely based off of clips of other movies, I would definitely include that entire opening scene in Ghost Ship right up to like, not just the, the death scene, but like the build up to it where it's like, everybody's dancing, everybody's singing, like, you're getting, that was some really good filmmaking, because I'm like, I am getting a bit of piece, a, a little bit of who these characters are, and there's no fucking dialogue at all whatsoever to uh -huh. to get me there, you know, so I thought that was pretty cool, um, and I, I really like that cast, I really do, I was like, what the fuck is everybody doing in this movie, they're, they're <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, hey, you know what, it is what it is, uh, but yeah, I'd say check it out. Yeah, check it out, check Check it out, guys, especially early 2000s. Um, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, now I gotta watch 13 Ghosts because, like, I was. I haven't watched I, that either. I barely remember it, but it's one of those, like, that I have on my shelf that I must have bought in, like, a bargain bin that I think I'm gonna rewatch. Yeah, I mean, I also like the. I haven't seen it, but I also know who the cast is in that, and I actually like the cast of that movie, so um, I think it's interesting to. I'm also a big, you know, for somebody who shits on the 90s so much like I do, I have to admit, I love Matthew Lillard. I think he's awesome. Yeah, man. There's some good stuff. And he's the epitome of the 90s. I mean, Hackers, which I love. Scream. Um, uh, SLC Punk was 99, right? Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah, I think so. I love that movie. You know what I mean? It's like, Matthew Lillard is the 90s for me, but whatever. He's fucking rad. I think he's awesome. Serial Mom. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, Serial Mom is one of the best. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think you should. I think you should. I I know maybe now because it's almost twenty years later. You know, fifteen it, years later that these movies have come out now. Well, for in some of these cases, it is twenty years later. You know, like it's it's. Yeah. You know, I think Thirteen Ghosts was two thousand. Oh no, two thousand one, right? And then Death Ship was two thousand or Ghost Ship was two thousand two. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, here's one thing I will say about this movie. The last thing I'll say is at least nobody did say. Oh my fucking god, we're on a ghost ship! Or hey, look, it's a ship that's not really there. It's a ghost ship. Like I was expecting somebody to use the line <laughs> "ghost ship," and I'm so glad that didn't happen. So, hey, you know what I love about the cover of this DVD is it's the ship with a big skull like looking part side of it, mm. and then under it it's a sea evil, but you know, like sea like oh S E E A water. Yeah, it's so good. I laugh at it every time I see it. I'm like, yes. We'll get it. <laughs> Does the DVD have any special features, like interviews with anybody? Oh, it doesn't have interviews, but the DVD is, like, so corny. It's, like, extra gore, and then you, like, press on it, and it's, like, cut scenes and stuff like that. It's so funny. Oh. Um, it's, like, very uh, corny done DVD, but I also really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, who knows? But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, 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 would, I will check out some more early 90s stuff. I mean, early 2000s stuff. Um, and we'll see what happens. I can't, you know, can't guarantee I'll, I'll make it through it, but who knows? Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I think, I think a rewatch is, is more amusing now. So yeah. just do it. All right. I will. Well, all right. I want everybody, please stay safe. You know? Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to my birthday episode. Yeah. Happy be, birthday. Um, making myself something to eat and then eating it and then, um, probably drinking a lot. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. Happy birthday, Jess. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, yeah, be safe, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
I'm Jack Farrington. I fly the Arctic Weather Patrol. Last month, I was out in the middle of the strait when I came across this. Congratulations. You found a boat in the middle of the ocean. What do you think a ship like this could be worth? Depends on if we have the right to salvage it. I do know one thing. Sea gives you an opportunity to take it. Yo, Murph, I think you should get up here. It's an ocean liner. It's the Antonio Grasa. Any sign of what might have happened? Nothing. No passengers. No crew. No captain. No mention of anything in the ship's log. What do you make of that? A ghost ship. I think I saw something I couldn't possibly have seen. I think I saw a little girl. Earlier, there was something seriously wrong with this boat. Haunted, possessed, whatever you want to call it. I say we get our boat going, then get the hell out of here. What are we gonna do? We have got to get off this boat now. Bon voyage. 